You'd think that after flying six-odd hours from New York to Oakland, then flying six-odd hours back, Vonetta, Fern, and I would be world-class travelers, and those bumps and dips would be nothing. The 727 still shook, rattled, and rolled from cloud to cloud with no sign of letting up, and we were headed into a storm as we approached New York. The captain said that good old storm was just the thing we needed to cool off the sticky August air waiting to greet us on the ground. The last thing my sisters and I needed was lightning bolts seeking out plain metal. I kept a fact about lightning's love of big metal objects to myself. No need scaring my sisters with what I knew. They were scared enough. We had made the best of our flight. For nearly six hours up in the clouds, we couldn't stop talking about meeting our mother, going to the People's Center, and getting to know Sister Makumbu, Sister Pat, and even Crazy Kelvin. We went on and on about Fern and the Black Panthers at the Free Huey Rally. We chanted our mother Cecile's poem, softly, we thought, until the short brunette stewardess came over and cleared her throat. We got the message and stopped softly accusing the world of kidnapping Mother Africa's children. When we wore out those memories, we went on about the Angton sisters and their swinging dresses and about meeting mean Lady Ming for the first time and being afraid of her. Then we talked about our San Francisco excursion and eating all those dumplings and fortune cookies and how the police took our mother away in their black and white squad car. But then we'd end up yapping about me riding down that big old hill on Hirohito's go-kart. From there, I'd take my fair share of teasing about Hirohito Woods. Then I'd drift off into puffy clouds, thinking a boy liked me, let me ride his go-kart, and promise to be my pen pal. You'd think we'd save our summer adventures for later, since we'd have to retell them to Pa and Big Ma but we couldn't stop laughing, remembering, and coming up with plans to get our stories straight. We couldn't tell it all. If we did, we'd never be sent west to see our mother again. The captain told us to fasten our seatbelts. We were coming in for a landing. We held hands and leaned to the left to watch New York come in closer. The bay, roads, buildings, houses, and bushes that were really trees. One hundred butterflies tickled the insides of my belly as the plane went down, down, down. Vonetta and Fern closed their eyes and covered their ears. We all screamed until we met a big bounce against the tarmac, followed by smaller bounces and bumps. Big Ma wouldn't have stood for any screaming coming from her grands, but what Big Ma didn't know wouldn't earn us her shame. Instead, the short brunette stewardess wagged her finger at us. All of that was uncalled for. We were supposed to say, yes, ma'am, but we didn't. Instead, Vonetta said, that landing was scary. And bumpity bump crashy, Fern added. It sure enough was, I said. The stewardess, who was also our airport chaperone, shook her head and told us to stay put until everyone was off the plane. She'd escort us to the baggage claim after she and the other stewardess did the final tidying up. We unbuckled our belts and waited while mostly men in suits, 
college students, and a few women with children made their way down the aisle and to the front of the plane. We were anxious to go, but the stewardess chatted on with the captain instead of doing her tidying up. We're ready, Vonetta announced to our chaperone. I shushed her, but the stewardess ignored us, and Fern tugged at my arm and said, Kada, Kada, which was her secret code for I have to make pee-pee. The way she squirmed, it wasn't much of a secret. Let's go back there. I nodded toward the tail of the airplane where the bathroom was.